prize up on the Riverwind Casino calling line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. From the 30-yard line, Murray's got it. He'll keep it. Runs right side. Big hole. 35-40. Watch out. 45-50. Are they going to get him? 35-30. 25-20. One man to beat. 10-5. And he's down inside the five-yard line. What a start. Oh, how about those OU West Virginia memories that have been made since they uh, hopped in the league back in 2012, huh? That was play one of Baker Mayfield's two-play suspension back in 2017. Kyler Murray takes the first snap, like, all the way inside the five-yard line. OU punches it in the next play, and then Baker Mayfield's back after that whole uh, crotch grab thing. But it's OU West Virginia on Saturday, Travis. I'm not sure if we, the royal we, are ready to look ahead to Saturday's game. Maybe we still have to look back at what happened last Saturday, uh, but uh, this will be the final time for a long time that OU and West Virginia will play. And, well, I can only think about three or four memories since they've uh, joined the conference back in 2012. Not, not a whole lot of memories to share other than that one and a few more from these two teams playing. Yeah, I guess probably what sticks out most to me is the uh, snow game. Um, uh, you know, that kind of, you know, it's funny because... You know, late in the season, often you have the discussion of, hey, look, bad weather. you got to just run the ball and play defense, man. You're going to take the air out of it. Uh, not not the case. Uh, not the case in the snow uh, from Baker Mayfield and the boys. Obviously, D.B. Westbrook's play stands out chief among them. But, yeah, n- not a ton of memories. Uh, you know, last year, obviously, give that one up in the Eesh. crazy weather uh, as you and I were live from Buffalo Wild Wings that day charting that one. But... You know, uh, maybe this last one will give us some some memories on the way out. There, there's always that opportunity. Maybe maybe Gavin Sawchuk rushes for 300 yards. I guess there's been more uh, memorable moments than I initially thought. OU's first ever walk-off field goal, right, in program. I think it was in program history, the last time they were here in 2021. You had the, we want Caleb chance that oh, God. day. Yeah. Uh, 2012, Landry Jones to Kenny Stills. That was a cool moment there. Kyler going crazy in Morgantown in 2018 to secure a berth in the Big 12 championship game. So, yeah, I guess uh, maybe more than I initially thought. This has been a kind of a – like o- OU's owned it. West Virginia's first win in the Big 12 against OU was last year. But there's been some crazy games, especially in Morgantown. I would just like a stress-free Saturday, man. Like memorable yeah, moment, yeah. what I, I could just use one. It's been a while. It's been since the Iowa State game, really. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I guess if you were to say your most memorable thing about West Virginia is you, you, you always get to see what feels like you always get to see the alternate uniform. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, at minimum they represent that on the schedule, right? And that's something to, eight of the last you know, nine meetings. Yes, right. So as you go into the SEC, you know, does. Do, does one specific team end up being the West Virginia? Like, eh, we're always going to wear, but, you know, you don't play everybody every year. So does it become a timeline? You know, there's a little bit of uncertainty. And and West Virginia has has done well to, um, I guess it was what, Kansas last year? Yeah. Was when we debuted the Unity, and then every other year it's been West Virginia? 
Yes, I, I think that's correct. The only time OU hasn't worn an alternate against West Virginia is, uh, I think it was 2019, Jalen Hurts here. But otherwise, they've been the alternate uniform mm-hmm. game or a alternate uniform game, and they will again on Saturday. Ohio Sooner says Samaje had his coming out party versus West Virginia in 2014. That is true. Uh, big road win for OU uh, against West Virginia earlier in the year in 2014. How, how are yeah. we? Uh, how are we feeling just overall right now? And this is a question to you. This is a question to the text line. How are we feeling about Saturday? How are we feeling right now in general? Just kind of where where are we at as a fan base at this point? Well, I think it is a. You know, I I think we're living through the cautionary tale of expectations changing. Right? You know. You guys talked about it a lot on the rush. Teddy talked about it a lot about how expectations change. You know, uh, you know, in the preseason we say, you know, ten and two, you know, is a good year. You know, we'd like eleven and one, but you know, ten and two with this schedule seems, you know, like. But you know, when you beat Texas, all of a sudden ten and two, you know, you're firing coordinators, you're you're this, that, and the other, and I don't know. I think I think Tyler, if if you would have had a – say we would have had a special guest on in the preseason on, on the rush, and it would have been Travis from the future, Travis from November of 2023, and I would have said, all right, guys, I'm going to give you a chance, deal or no deal. You lose two games to ranked opponents on the road. You beat Texas in a top-ten matchup, um, and you end up 10-2. and two. Are you taking that, or are you leaving that? I think a lot of the fan base takes that, Tyler. I would have said, wait, they're going to play two ranked opponents on the road? Who, who, who the, <laughs> Tulsa, they're going to be ranked when you go there in week three? <laughs> Who's going to be ranked opponents on the road? Uh, no, I mean, that would have been that would have been hard to turn down. It's, it's just the real, the real kicker for me is, and I think 10-2 and two can be a success, it's, I don't know, man. I just think a Big 12 championship berth could be could be a big part of that. And if you somehow find your way into Arlington, then 10 and two, um, and then an 11 and two with the Big 12 championship absolutely is. But if you can get to the Big 12 championship game, if you can figure out a way to a New Year's Six game, I think we are talking about not exactly like all right, we maximized our potential, we maximized our opportunity. Because I don't think that's true. But could you be happy with the result of the season? If one of those two things happen, I think the answer to that could be yes. Could be. Yeah. I, again, it's it's how it looks, right? The, the frustrating thing about these last two weeks, you know, I know, I know a lot has been made about Jeff Levy, but man, it's been turnovers. It's been turnovers against Kansas. Okay, we had three turnovers. Two of them, Tyler, I put on the coaches. I I don't think you put Jaleel Farouk running inside. Agree. That causes a fumble, and then I don't think you put Marcus Stripling on the kickoff return. I agree with that. I think that's a. I think both of those are coaching mistakes specifically. Um, obviously, Dylan the pick six. That's that's not on a coach. But but Tyler the OSU game. I don't think I don't think anything had to do with the coaches as far as the turnovers went. Right? You had Dylan Gabriel with the deep ball and a double coverage that's that on gets him. picked. Yep. Uh, you have. You have the, the snap that goes into his shins, and he wasn't ready for it, and it was a low snap. I don't know how we're in Week 10 with a, with a quarterback and a center that have played a ton of football, and we're still having trouble with snaps. Um, I thought initially I, I was going to give one of those turnovers to Levy because I thought the play design was to snap it to Barnes, but it does not sound like that was the case. Oh, I'm talking about the one that hit him in the – that 
It hit him in the shins. It was yeah. late in the game. Yeah, but uh, even that direct snap to Barnes, I don't, think snap. It, I don't think it was well, supposed to go there, right? It's still supposed you, to go to, uh, to Gabriel. Do you remember on the postgame show when I said, it, it may sound crazy, but it doesn't make any sense that that ball would go to Javante Barnes and then he would just immediately hand it to Dylan Gabriel. I think they lined up in the incorrect spot. And then now they got a chance to look at it. I think I was right in the postgame show. I think they just lined up at the, in the incorrect spots because I don't think that was a case of Levy getting too cute or anything like that. I think it was quite literally, you know, just an execution thing. So all three turnovers, you know, in the OSU game, you know, bad turnovers. You get one in your own, deep in your own territory. You have one deep in their territory after a big play by Nick Anderson. You know, it's it's just you. the offense is having such a tough time getting in a rhythm that you just can't turn the ball over in those in those scenarios. So, um, but, yeah, I think, you know, with, with those, I think if you play a clean game like you did for the first seven games of the season and really just don't turn the ball over, maybe just one or something like that, I still think you – I, think, I still think it's you the win. It feels like I it's still the think difference. you win the rest of the games on your schedule, Tyler. Yeah, it feels like it's been the difference the past two games. Stinks. Uh, okay, but the question was how are we just overall where are we at? How are we feeling? Four oh five says rock bottom until September. <laughs> Four oh five, another one says bad. No reason to think anything changes this weekend. Expecting another loss until I see a win. Uh, Sam and Edmund says feeling good. Winning it out. Uh, winning out is all you can control. On a side note, I'll be hanging out with you guys pre- and post-game Saturday. Let's go. All right, Sam. Look forward to seeing you, man. I like that. Dave from Norman says, I'm in the five stages of grief, and I'm in the acceptance stage right now. JR and Broken Arrow, I feel good about everything. This was never going to be a team that seriously was going to make the playoff. Just not good yet. I like the direction and a 10-2 record, especially beating Texas this year. And I'll agree with JR that they definitely haven't looked like a top-four team consistently. But at the same time, Travis, they did have a golden opportunity to make the playoff given their, given their path after a 7-0 start. And that's what hurts the worst. Is I think most people can recognize, like, yeah, they're not a top-four team, but that's where the real... I think the feeling of missing out on a special opportunity at the end of the year is, is going to be just that, that you felt like you just had a golden path to get there, and, and you messed that up. Yeah, and it's – I guess you could look at it from two different ways, right, Tyler? You could look at it as we had those opportunities and we squandered them, but we put ourselves in positions to have those opportunities. Like, we didn't just go out there and get beat by 30. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it wasn't that we didn't belong on the field with any team we played, but do you look at it as – Hey man, as long as we can clean up turnovers, you know, get get a lot of those young guys in there. I mean, keep in mind, I mean the the linebacker duo that held Ollie Gordon to basically his worst conference game were a couple of redshirt freshmen in Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis. Like Macari Vickers is playing big snaps. Josiah Wagner, Peyton Bowen, PJ. Like, like are we looking at it like that? Whereas, hey, look, our team didn't get you know, blown off the field by anybody we played this year. We even beat the most talented team we played this year. And I think a lot of that's just going to come down to these last three games. Tyler, you can't lose any of these last three games nope. and still have any type of confidence going into next year. I, well, I was just about to bring up kind of uh, that point. Like, Tuttle Sooner says, at this point, I don't believe we win ten games. I'm going to need to see it before I believe it. I'll just take it as a nice surprise if it happens. So we're, we're talking about – 
ways this season could be looked at as a success if it's 10-2, and two, okay? And there's a couple different paths, in, in my opinion. But if it's 9-3 and three versus 10-2, and two, like, here's the clear defined line. And I think we talked about this in the preseason, that 10-2 and two is the clear defined line. And expectations change throughout the year, but that part of it hasn't. It's just going to be really difficult for me, Travis, to see a path to a successful season this year if you lose one of your final three. Like ten and two, we can talk about that. Nine and three regular season, I don't, I don't know if I can find that that way to a successful uh, to a successful season. Yeah, got to win the last just, three, right? And when you're just looking at resume, and again, I, w- I wish we would have, and, and you might have, you you take uh, you take notes like a madman. Uh, you might have written down some of the expectations uh, of of some of uh, some of the text line in the preseason, and I it would be interesting if some of these rock bottom texts and I don't believe we'll win a game the rest of the season because you know all we do is lose now. Like I I, I want to know how many of them chose ten and two as their you know definition of success. That was what the majority response. Because like. that's the thing. It's it's, you know, you lost two conference games on the road. You get to come back home. What I don't want, Tyler, is us to kick it off finally in a night game, you know, with with some, for some reason, divisive jerseys under the light. Like, it's, all the vibes are good. Everybody's been tailgating all day. And the crowd just to really not be into it because everybody's just depressed and they feel rock bottom and they think the team's a bunch of losers. Like, like that's, that's what I'm most afraid of is – like, like, just listen to the Drake Stoops interview over and over and over. This team still has things to play for, and 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 hopefully the crowd still feels like that on Saturday. What's going on at Andy B's up there in Tulsa? Man, I think uh, you know I'm I'm becoming quite regular up here now. I'm starting to recognize uh, some of the bowling uh, crews that are uh, through here. They're starting to dap me up on the way through. Um, Man, they've got their uh, they've got their Oklahoma City location open now. Uh, that just opened last weekend over there off Pennsylvania Ave. They've still got that service industry night from 7 p.m. to close every Wednesday. That's seven dollars unlimited bowling, which is insane. And they've got the beer and food specials. And then obviously they're heavy into the uh, you know the holiday parties, things like that. You can book your holiday party if you visit bowlandybees.com backslash Tulsa or call nine one eight two nine nine. Nine four nine four. So the holiday parties, I'm sure they will have plenty here. So make sure and get those books. That new location in OKC looks sweet, by the way. What was their oh, grand yeah. opening was on Friday, I believe. Yeah, it looks cool. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Like, I I know I know I'm I'm biased because yes, they are the remote sponsor, but they're putting a ton of money into their product. I always appreciate when people do that. I mean, even here, they're about to start a crazy renovation where they're putting in, you know, a multi-million dollar kitchen where they're going to do, you know, 85% of the menu from scratch. I think they're tripling their arcade. They're doubling, I think, the size of their go-karts. They're doing, like, like they, they are they are investing in their properties, which is investing in the communities uh, where all, a lot of our listeners live. I love it. Yeah, a lot of text already uh, rolling in on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to those. OU needs to finish out 3-0, but they also need some help along the way. Could that help happen this Saturday? We'll tell you who's most likely to lose in front of OU, and, of course, more OU football as well right here on The Ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do, too. This is the... Andy B's in Tulsa today. Go by and see him. He'll be there till 6 p.m. Text line 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And 
I'm going to attempt to bring you some optimism when it comes to the uh, Big 12 race for OU. Um, it is not necessarily highly likely that OU gets the help it needs and makes it to the conference championship game. But if it does happen, Travis, if everything falls the way they need it to down the final three games, it would not be the most improbable run to a Big 12 championship that we've seen. In fact, in 2006, OU trailed Texas by one game with two games remaining, and Texas had the tiebreaker over OU back in 06 because Texas beat them in Dallas. What had to happen was quite simple. OU had to win their final two games on the road at, uh, at Baylor and at Oklahoma State, and Texas had to lose both of their final two games at Kansas State, who was not good that year, and then they'd have to get beat by A&M at home, who wasn't that good either. Well, you know what happened. OU won in Waco. They won in Stillwater. Texas lost to Kansas State after Colt McCoy got hurt. Colt McCoy tried to come back for the Thanksgiving game uh, against A&M. They lost that game. OU found a miraculous way into the Big 12 championship in 2006 and ended up beating Nebraska in IC Kansas City. So I'm not saying that it's likely to happen this year, but it would not be your most improbable run to a Big 12 championship game if it were to happen in 2023. It, it almost feels, Tyler, like, and and I get this probably will uh, depress some OU fans, but you know how every year Alabama just seems to find themselves in the playoff? Like, no matter what happens early or if you write, write, write Alabama off or whatever, it's like, you know, those – Last couple rankings come out, and you see Alabama just creeping up there, and they just figure out a way. And then, of course, the Jesse Pinkman, he can't keep getting away with this, memes uh, start hitting. That's kind of how OU is with the Big 12, isn't it? I mean, it's happened so often where we've been up there, been up there, even in you know some of our less impressive years or less talented years, or maybe we didn't have the quarterback that you know that we're used to having or would have. But they, but they find a way. So, 06 I mean, is the best example of that. Right. So I wouldn't be shocked. And, you know, Texas Texas has that game at, at Trice this this coming Saturday night. Your, I wonder what your Mark's got cooking. Oh, I know what he's got you know cooking. He's, <laughs> you know he's got something. And I'll tell you what, that second half of Malik Murphy, I'm sure, I'm sure Iowa State's licking their chops. Well, all Iowa State's corners have to do is – Tackle A.D. Mitchell and tackle Xavier Worthy. That's all they have to do, right? I, that's, what yep. I, that's what I've seen. Just do that. So o, OU needs some help in front of them. Uh, most notably, they need Texas to lose a game, Kansas to lose a game, and OU to go 3-0. We've covered that quite a bit. But in terms of the teams who are in front of them, where are they most likely to get some help on Saturday? Texas is at TCU. I think the Horns are a 10-point favorite. KU's uh, at home against Texas Tech. And it's only like a four-and-a-half-point spread, which makes me say, hmm, what's, what's going on there? I know Tech's got Morton back at quarterback, and they're a lot better with him in, but still a pretty small spread. And then OU, or excuse me, OSU is at UCF, and Oklahoma State's only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So if they're going to get help as early as this weekend, where's it going to happen? Man. I, what, I mean, that line at Tech is weird. I mean, do they still think? It runs through Lubbock, or or I don't know, but I mean, uh, maybe TCU puts something together. I just don't trust Malik at quarterback. I don't either. How could you, man? That, after what we saw in that second half, and I think get some film on him. I'm just, I don't know. My answer, Tyler, 
is probably going to be Texas in every game they play the rest of the year unless Quinn plays, which I'm not that big of a Quinn guy, but Malik looked awful in the second half. I mean, it's one of the worst. It was a Brock Purdy-level turnover in the fourth quarter to uh, put Kansas State in a position to take the lead on on Saturday. It was bad, Kansas State squandered every opportunity. Oh, it was every single so frustrating. Kansas State should have won. Not in overtime. Kansas State should have won that game in regulation, man. Yeah. In regulation. Yeah. Not in overtime. Should have won in overtime, too. Had like two or three yeah. different opportunities to win that game. Ugh. Messed them all up. Uh, from the 918, I would bet OSU, Kansas, and Texas will each lose one more. Oh. Well, there you go. I mean, that's. Well, but first and foremost, OU's got to take care of business. Got to go 3 and 0. And Tyler. Maybe my favorite part of the day so far um, has been has been really just the juxtaposition of different fans, right? We get back-to-back texts and just, just about how you feel about the season. I'll just read how each of them start. These are back-to-back texts. One from the 405. I feel pretty good about things. We are much improved. The next text. Fellas, the year is a disaster. <laughs> it's been embarrassing. Yes. Like, I just... I just love that there's that much diversity in the OU fan base um, on, on their approach. The, the, these two people have watched the exact same team play nine games. They've watched them do the exact same things. One's coming out saying, I feel pretty good. You know, we improved this, that, and the other. The other one, total disaster. So well, how, how, been- okay, seriously, though, like for from now until, like, because we just got a pretty good sample size of the fan base right there. And like you're saying, it's a little all over the place. How much will things improve from that that you just read till a week's time on Wednesday when we're back if, one, OU can you know look a lot better offensively and they beat West Virginia, but just one of the things that you need to happen happens. That could be Texas losing at TCU. That could be KU losing at Texas – or KU losing at Texas Tech. Like, it looks a lot more realistic if the first one just happens. How much different is the mood next week if OU puts it together, beats West Virginia, and now you're only a loss away from that scenario like really happening. No, I think that's a great point. I think it's a great point, Tyler. I think, you know, I, I, I think the fan base, if the fan base understands that, and obviously if that happens, it'll be on these airwaves nonstop, just breaking down the situations that oh, yeah. have to happen to get OU into that game. And, Tyler, if we get another crack at OSU – I mean, it, it kind of feels like how Texas fans felt after the uh, after the Red River, right? Is us is them saying, "Golly, if we can just get another shot at them." Well, with Bedlam, I would argue that it's it's ten x that because OSU fans are thinking, "Hey, we're never going to play these dudes again. Let's go after them on Twitter. Let's do this, that, and the other." Even their tight ends coach is, you know, has a now deleted tweet about Trace Ford. Like this, like crazy, crazy stuff. If if the Pokes have to play us again. And we've got maybe a healthy Danny Stutzman to help, they you know, kind that. of cor- corral Ollie Gordon. They don't want that. You know, we've got. I just, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But again, we need to take it a week at a time. You've got to go three and zero for that to even happen. But you're right. If one of those dominoes fall, if one of those boxes gets checked, then it starts to feel a lot more real. And Tyler, can you imagine a home game, TCU? I, it's going to be early. I don't care. Day after Thanksgiving. And if you win, you're in. 
or if you if you win, you might be in. You know, maybe maybe a loss somewhere else on the schedule. That would be that would be palpable. Oh, everyone's just going to start drinking at around uh, 10 a.m. on Thanksgiving and not stop uh, up until the 11 a.m. kickoff the next day. That's that's what'll happen. Just to make sure yeah. everyone's ready. And of, course, <laughs> through the, and of course, through the game as well. Well, of course, of course. Now, um, this fan base wants a lot of things. I think it needs some things, but towards the top, it wants a rematch with Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. I think we'd all take a rematch with whoever in the Big 12 championship game. You just want to get there. You take a rematch with Texas, Kansas, whoever. But if you could handpick your opponent at this point, I feel like the majority, if not every single one, uh, every single one, a, play, a person in this fan base would pick a rematch with Oklahoma State in Arlington. That's that's the dream scenario here. Oh, oh, uh, absolutely. And I know there are some people that you know, you know, let's go beat Texas again on our way out. We want to see your mark have to hand the trophy to one of us and all that. No, 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 no. You want to beat Oklahoma State on the way out, especially after the way they've they've continued to celebrate throughout the week with their eternal bedlam trophy and, and this, that, and the other. You get them on that stage where OU has played a plenty, and uh, and then let the chips fall where they may. Could be a spiritual experience. OU Optimus says, if OU gets another crack at little sister, I may start believing in God again. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, we're in the Bible Belt. Uh, 405 next year, we need to relax and see how the season plays out before we claim OU is a playoff team. It's too deflating to get our hopes up early in the season. Too many things can happen, injuries, opponents, getting better as the season progresses. It's just too unpredictable. And you know what? I think that that text is a lot of, God, I'm tired of getting my hopes up and them just getting completely crushed once again. It's like it's like one of those where I'm not going to do it this year. I don't care what happens, Travis. I'm not going to do it. I don't care what happens. I don't care if they beat Texas. I'm not going to get my hopes up again this year. You end up getting your hopes up again, and then they're uh, they're uh, crushed after back to back losses. So there there yeah, is a large section of this fan base that's tired of getting their hopes up. I, I understand oh, that. Absolutely, but I will say this isn't 2022's post Nebraska feeling, right? Where it was like three and zero. You know, a lot of the national media, a lot of this does come from national media. I mean, yeah, we're the home of Sooner fans for sure, but the biggest OU hater and Joel Klatt were up there saying that OU was the number two team in the country last year. We, we, we were fifth in the AP poll uh, this year. Like all, like, all this, you know, like, expectations aren't just from people being unrealistic this late in the season. Like, if you're 7-0 and with a top-10 win and – you know, statistically, your defense is vastly improved, and your offense is vastly or is is at least still good. Like, I don't think we were. I mean, I'm just speaking for me here. I guess you can speak for yourself on this. I don't think we were out over our skis saying that you know the playoffs are a, a possibility when you're sitting there at seven and zero with a top ten win. Well, it, it was just more of what the rest of your schedule looked like at the time. I mean, that's again, like, did did we think that this team? Was going to go go beat Michigan or go beat Georgia. I mean, I I wasn't I, I didn't feel that way. Um, I felt like it could compete with a lot of teams for sure, but it was just more about the rest of the schedule and like ESPN, even like uh, some of the analytics, which I don't always buy into. But ESPN FPI had OU with the highest percentage chance to make the playoffs after like week seven or week eight. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. It's it's one of those where. You know, we can say we need to relax and see how the season plays out before we claim OU as a playoff team. 
tell the AP poll that. Tell ESPN that. Tell who the playoff committee. Like everybody had us there. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't us. You know, just preseason going. Oh, this is an undefeated team. You know, this is obviously a playoff team. I don't think preseason, Tyler, that a lot of us were just picking OU as a playoff team. We, we think ten and two was the most popular by far. Uh, that is still on the table. But you know, again, that's part of being a sports fan, man. You get wrapped up emotionally, and you're fanatic about it. You're passionate about it. The reason that we have this station is because OU fans are so passionate. So don't ever, uh, don't ever think that you need to give that up. Would you like worst case scenario for this Saturday for OU? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, hit me with it. You get all the possibilities that you need this Saturday, but you don't take care of business and you lose at home to oh. West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. God, that'd be a disaster. That would be a disaster. But it's that not going to happen. They're going to be West Virginia, so it's good. Hey, man. I think. I, you know why I think they will is because I think we might have a run game now. It's been like, a lot better the past two weeks. Back-to-back weeks with over 100 yards from a rusher. Tyler, Gavin Sawchuck had over 100 yards on 13 carries. Of all, That is tied for the lowest of all season of, of carries to the back that was handed the ball the most and the least amount in all Big 12 play. And then Tawi comes off the bench and av- averages like well, eight yards a carry, including that 23-yard touchdown. Like, I think our offensive line is finding its groove a bit. And given the opportunity, I think we actually can run the ball now. First-time texter says my gut is telling me eight and four. So, looks like one and two from, from here on out. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More of your text and, duh, more OU football next right here on The Ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. Introducing the Oklahoma Breast Center, a beacon of hope in the fight against breast cancer. With the guidance of Dr. Denise Rabel, our team of breast cancer specialists delivers the most advanced treatments for your best possible outcome. From diagnosis to survivorship, we guide you every step of the way, placing an emphasis on compassion, communication, and emotional support. Here, you're not just a patient, you're family. Let us stand with you on your journey to healing. To learn more, visit OklahomaBreastCenter.com or call 405-307-2623. Time to buy your individual medical plans for 2024 without a qualifying event. Call Allison Insurance at 405-745-2968 or 800-580-5587. It won't cost anything and could save you a lot. I mean, they're kind of the same as um, Oklahoma State. They have a good, they have good running backs, a good quarterback that can run and throw. They got some big tight ends, big receivers that they take shots. So we just got to be able to defend the run and keep everything in front of us. They, they love blocking. I can see the old linemen love blocking. That's their, that's their strength of their team. So as long as we can take care of the O line and dominate the line of scrimmage, we should be okay. There's RSJ. Robert Spears Jennings talking about West Virginia's offense, run-heavy offense, number one rushing offense in the conference in conference play. So a little bit of a similar challenge is what you've seen the uh, the past couple of weeks. Not identical necessarily, but another uh, run-heavy team on the schedule coming up Saturday as OU's listed as a 13-and-a-half point favorite. And Travis, they'll roll in with a number 17 ranking. I knew the college football playoff rankings were last night. We talked about it on the show yesterday. I paid no attention to the college football rankings last night. And I'm going to guess I wasn't the only one where that was the case. Did you make sure to tune in at 6 p.m. to 
Find out where what OU's latest ranking was. Um, I got a notification on my phone uh, that told me the ranking. I didn't. Uh, I didn't look at the rest of them until uh, you know crawled into bed last night. Yeah. So no, no, not uh, not at the top of my list. I, again, I knew it was on at like five thirty, but once six p.m. rolled around, I did not think of. Oh yeah, let's see where uh, OU's ranked in the uh, playoff rankings. They come in at seventeen. USC's out. USC is out of the college football playoff rankings, which means Muleshoe's streak of 48 consecutive weeks being ranked is over. His 48 consecutive rankings uh, as a head coach at USC and OU only trailed Nick Saban, who had been ranked in all 56 polls with Bama. So Muleshoe's out of the top 25. I don't see him getting back in the top 25 at any point this year, especially after this weekend in Eugene. Yeah, uh, I did. I did see that one because I saw that tweet, and uh, man, it, it's pretty wild because we've been over it before, but it, it bears repeating that Lincoln Riley regressed in every year that he was at Oklahoma from a results standpoint. Uh, he's now regressed in only two years um, from a results standpoint at USC. Next year's schedule might be the most brutal schedule I have ever seen a football team have to deal with, and he will be doing it without Caleb Williams. So, yeah. They get uh, LSU in the non-conference next year? They get, bro, they get, I think LSU and Notre Dame? Yeah, they they start with LSU in Vegas, um, and then they they get Notre Dame, I believe, the last game of the season. And but they have all the all the Big Ten heavy hitters. Um, it's, Michigan's I'm, their first uh, Big Ten game at, at home. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, it is, and 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 that's what they'll probably have the either uh, probably a top three tough schedule next year. And like I said, be, being there without uh, without Caleb Williams is certainly going to sting. They have LSU after a bye week. They've got one of those early bye weeks, Tyler, um, and then it's. It's tough, man. Michigan, they've got Penn State. They've got Washington still obviously going over there with them. They close out with Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't know. I think the, you know, the U the the Lincoln Riley to the NFL rumors maybe maybe we spoke yeah. into existence a couple of years ago. At UCLA, at Washington, at Michigan, LSU at a neutral site. And that's not counting home games against uh yeah, Penn State and Notre Dame. Yeah, have fun with that one without Caleb Williams next year. Yikes. Big yikes. OU's at 17. That's important because if you win out, you might have a chance to get in the top 12. Like KU and OSU are in front of you. Like They're probably going to have to lose a game. They will have to lose a game. You won't jump either of those two. Missouri and Tennessee are in front of you. They play each other this week. Oregon State is at 12, and they got to play Oregon uh, later on in the year. So... Even if you don't make the Big 12 championship game, the scenarios we're talking about, if you can just finish 10-2, and two, maybe you sneak in as an at-large in a New Year's Six Bowl. So that's what you're looking at as well. Yeah, I mean, you have the opportunity, right? We need Kansas to lose one anyways, right, if we, if we want that dream scenario of making a, a Big 12 championship. And then if you – I mean, theoretically, you'd be then playing OSU in the Big 12 championship, right? So – those are those are two teams that would be taken care of uh, theoretically in that in that aspect. The, the only thing would be, do you have an opportunity? I mean, sh- I'm, yeah, I guess the answer is yes. You have the opportunity to jump Texas as well. You could be the highest ranked Big Twelve team out there still. 
Uh, okay, from the 405, I read that text earlier about um, getting your hopes up every single year and they're getting crushed. Uh, they responded, you read my text regarding being disappointed after hearing early that we might be a playoff team and then we started to struggle. Let me say, after I hear our recruiting class is top ten on signing day, I'll be saying we're going all the way. I just can't <laughs> help it. I hope it burns eternal. <laughs> well, they're going to have another top ten class this year. Yeah, yeah. And they're probably, I mean, don't look now, but they're going to have one in 2025 as well. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're already in the in the top five for twenty twenty five. I mean, they yeah, they're uh, they're they're rolling, rolling. And I uh, last week I uh, I went to the Bixby Jinx game uh, that was streaming on KRefSports.tv, and Caden Jones, man, hashtag tell Kiwan, it. Kiwan's boy. Oh my gosh, he's good. I mean, they they went away from him in the second half a little bit. Obviously, Bixby made some adjustments to shut him down, but in the first half, it was all Caden Jones against the best defense in the state, and that kid's only a sophomore. Yeah, I, mean, I was telling Parker that he's going to have a chance, and I don't know really any other 2026 running backs, but the way that he looks right now as a sophomore, i got to think he's going to be considered one of the best running backs in that 26 class, dude. We already have one of the best running – we have a top five running back already committed in the 2026 class. Correct. So, yep. you know, DeMarco Murray yes, know could, uh, could, could pull an Emmett Jones and – and, and get his class filled up a couple years down the road and just kick his feet up. So, yeah, it's uh, Caden Jones, man. That's, uh, that's a scary individual. Ta- he's probably got four or five inches on his dad. Um, he's a down, you know, he's a passing threat. You know, he blocks. He's, uh, he's a special kid. 405, if OU continues to stack top ten classes, they will be fine. Sooner fans, just be patient. Uh, 918 says, if USC thought OU fans were bad, LSU and Vegas – Woo! Yeah, LSU fans don't need an excuse to be liquored up for games. They they could be watching a game anywhere and be liquored up, but Vegas is going to be a, di- a different animal for LSU fans. Yes, I do worry about uh, USC fans for that one. Exactly. Like it, it's funny because you know a lot of people say, especially like so. My background's in restaurants, right? We we'd get booked for private parties and whatnot, saying, "Oh man, me and me and my friends." We really drink, you know, we really get carried away, you know, a bunch of whatever, insurance, real estate, whatever, right? Everybody thinks that, like, their friends are the party crowd, and then you meet LSU fans, and you're like, oh. Yeah, that's how it's done. Oh, no, this is a, this, you've got, you've got an, an illness. This is, this is not, this is not how people should the be living. The whole town will like, smell like bourbon after they're gone, three days after. Right, exactly. It's like Vegas is used to, you know, the tourists coming in and really, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm really stepping out tonight. No, no, LSU, LSU fans are different, man. Uh, I'm sure a lot of LSU fans will have uh, glitter somewhere on their body when they walk in for that game, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. I'm sure that'll probably oh, yeah. be the case. All right, we'll close up hour number one of The Rush. Coming up next, more OU football right here on The Ref. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Sooner football? We do too. This is The Ref, home of Sooner fans. Welcome to the best casino in OKC. Play with your wild card all November. For a chance to win $100,000 in cash and prizes. With almost 3,000 of your favorite games. Plus multiple restaurants and bars. Riverwind really is a place for a good time. What's the biggest myth about interscholastic performing arts? 
that you have to... And crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048, 405-573-3048, or cavensgroup.com. Hey, a very happy birthday to uh, OU legend and Heisman Trophy winner, Sam Bradford. No big deal. He just got a statue on campus. Sammy B's birthday today. Oh, I love that. I love it. Maybe he's Financial out there bowling wizard. at Andy B's. He might be. He might be. He. Uh, I know he comes to golf in Tulsa occasionally. You know, he's and he's he's good at every sport. So if he were bowling yes. out here, you know, he'd he'd have at oh, least yeah. he'd close every frame. I don't know if I don't know if he'd uh, have a perfect game, but he would close every frame. There's no he, doubt about that. He, he would bowl. A, he would bowl a 300 most likely. Great golfer, basketball player, football player. Obviously, I'm sure. I'm sure he's rolled a perfect game. Good at everything he does. He's just one. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. He's just one of those guys. So uh, happy birthday to uh, Sammy B. Sam Bradford. Uh, how are we feeling about Stutzman playing on Saturday? Well, he's practicing, so um, that alone gives me some confidence that he will be playing. Keep in mind, last week he didn't practice at all leading up to the game, and he was a game-time decision. Uh, the fact that he's practicing early in the week uh, gives me a bit of confidence. And, you know, being at home, I think it's probably killing him that, uh, well, you know, sure. I mean, he, he misses the second half against Kansas, we lose the game, and then he misses OSU and we lose the game. I'm sure that is eating away at him. So if uh, if he's anywhere close to being able to stand that pain, he will go. Hey, maybe he'll uh, play and he'll, he'll look like a Butkus semifinalist, huh? I mean, I think hey. that he already should be one, but maybe that's what he plays hey. like. Hey, hey, hey hopefully, hopefully that uh, fuels him a bit, as if that guy needs more fuel. Tawie uh, looked good in the second half. I'm going to guess that he's a, a full go and ready to play. Gentry Williams, like even when he's available, it almost seems like it always seems like he gets banged up. Uh, at, at least nicked up a little bit every single game. Going to guess that he's good to go. So now it's really Peyton Bowen. When is he going to be fully available once again? Because it's almost felt like it's just been a hand handful of snaps since that Texas game for him. Yeah, he's practicing as well. So again, you just hope that. You know, where they were limited last week, even even Gentry, you know, he should practice this week. Theoretically, if you just base it off of whether they're practicing or not, we should be a lot healthier going into this game. Yeah, and maybe those guys aren't 100%, but in terms of, like, uh, players available, yeah, man, it could look a lot different than uh, what it did last week. This team just, man, needs to get healthy. Needs to get healthy in a uh, in a bad way. Big Rich in OKC says... Walked up to the uh, start at Hefner Golf Course one time a few, year, few years back, and I asked him who holds the course record on the south course, and the starter said Sam Bradford. Least shocking thing I've read today on the text line. I, I just like the confidence to walk in and, uh, you know, Seriously, roll up there and say, right? hey, look, where's the first tee and what's the course record, baby? Like, I like. That takes that takes some confidence even to start with that. Montana Sooner says, does Danny Stutzman not being a Butkus semifinalist mean he stays another year? No, I don't think that that necessarily factors into his decision. There will be factors that uh, matter much more than being a Butkus semifinalist, I would imagine. Mostly, Travis, what the uh, draft grade is at the end of the year. We'll probably yeah, determine that's what, it more than anything. Right, that's what... That's what it all comes down to, right? If if you get a if you get a first round grade, then you're gone. So, um, at least that's what most people are, you know, most people are wired like. Once you see first round, go ahead and go. But you know that conversation will happen after the season. Um, but I think 
I, I do think, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm, I'm speculating a bit that Danny Stutzman saw quite the leap in his time under Brent Venables, and I can only imagine what that leap might look like with another year under Brent Venables and another year with Jerry Schmidt. You one, know what I mean? So. Yeah, one, one more real quick. Dallas Bill says, crime scene cleanup, you say? Does Cavens Construction work in Stillwater? Yeah, there's a chalk outline of Drake Stoops in that end zone there. <laughs> you can go That's see it stuff. there at Boone Pickens Stadium. Hour number two of The Rush coming up next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app.